0: Hey everybody, it's Richie, and before we begin this episode of the show, that will be indeed dedicated entirely to Jacob Chikrin for the Arizona Coyotes. We want to tell you about DraftKings and DraftKings.com. If you're outside of the state of Arizona, of course, you can download the DraftKings app now. Use that promo code THPN, and it will put you in the action with a free shot at a million dollar top prize. That's code THPN, and you get a free shot. At a million dollars, but coming up this week, Sporty Nation is, of course, your big golf tournament down in Augusta, Georgia, as they compete for the coveted jacket. That's right. And if you want to play along as the golfers take to the course this weekend, it's easy to play. All you got to do is pick six golfers, stay under the salary cap, and submit your lineup before the tournament tees off early Thursday morning, then sit back and enjoy. All 18 holes, all 72 holes of action this weekend from down in Georgia. Once again, that's DraftKings, DraftKings DraftKings.com, the app, promo code THPN.
1: I'm Corey Crenshaw.
0: I'm Richie Suave Flores.
1: And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave.
0: On the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome back.
1: As Richie said in the ad read earlier, which he kicked ass in once again, you know, always just got to hype up my co-host here. Um, This episode will be dedicated to Jacob Chikrin on this wonderful uh, Easter Sunday. He definitely turned around my Easter. I'll have to tell you guys a little bit of that story in a little bit. But first, to introduce, as always, my wonderful and amazing co-host, Richie Suave Flores. How you doing?
0: Hello, Corey. Uh, it was a fun game. It kind of, I feel like that game was the very much in, the perfect encapsulation of the Coyote season. Because for a while there, it was frustrating as heck. Then it turned to excitement, and then it turned to awesome. Like all there pretty quickly. It involved a comeback. It involved an overtime. Really peak Coyotes was the Sunday night Easter game against the Anaheim Ducks on the road. And Jacob Chickering was the star, and it good for him. I'm so excited that he got the hat trick. Um, friend of the show Jordan came up with the the phrase. Um, she called the Hat Chick, spelt C H Y C. You like it?
1: Yeah, I saw that. You guys are you guys are on it after the Chick Norris and uh, the Hat Chick. You guys are just going for it.
0: Yeah, she's the brains behind that. She's the one that comes up with that genius, genius phrasing for it. Um, I would also like to point out that um, both me and Jordan called that the hat trick was going to happen. Like we have photographic evidence up on Twitter at our Flores ninety one and at Joba the goalie that both of us called the hat trick was going to happen my in my text to you and then jordan texted me about it too so i would just like to say that me and jordan are absolute geniuses we spoke it into existence
1: so now do you actually believe the whole speaking it into existence thing because i am one of those people that like my my mom always says as Corey says don't don't put that out in the universe like that's always my thing i'm always like don't put that out in the universe like i i because like I always say it my number one thing is always whenever uh is actually in football whenever they say something like this would be the kicker this would make this kicker like 10 for 10 this season and it's either going to be like like in that situation I guess kind of an opposite effect they usually jinx it you know but um So I'm very one of those people about, like, you're either going to jinx something or you can say, like, oh, this person could possibly, like, do something good and speak it into existence. So um, do do you believe it now?
0: Uh, Yeah, I do. I think so. Now, previously on the show, we have discussed the existence of the Richie Jinx, which is very much a thing. and has been for several years. In this case, though, I, I think because I didn't say it publicly, I didn't put the, the hex out there. So I spoke it. This was a case of speaking it into existence instead of jinxing it, for sure.
1: That is true. It's funny because normally um, you would want someone to say something good. Like, normally when people jinx, they're like, oh, well, you know, this person's like 10 for 10. They could blow it. Like... It, normally, that's the way you're afraid that people are gonna jinx things. Richie jinxes things by saying positive and uplifting things, which is kind of sad. But like, if he is like, "Yes, your team is going to win," often it does not happen, and that is where the ri- Richie jinx ensues. and And I do feel bad now that I'm saying it out loud. It is it is very true, though. It's happened multiple times.
0: Yeah, I can't think of any of the main circumstances off the top of my head but there are plenty if you go and search the hashtag Richie Jinx on Twitter you can find many many times where the Richie Jinks has indeed happened
1: well I mean one of them was you picked my Vikings to at least like be in the Super Bowl or something like that and in halfway through one of the seasons it was like something happened and there was no way in god's name that the vikings were going to make it to the super bowl that year and i was like damn it richie you had to pick them to be in the super bowl
0: <laughs> richie jinx
1: absolutely but in this one you did not because you spoke into existence jacob chikrin now becoming the eighth defenseman in nhl history to complete a hat trick with an overtime goal
0: I'm glad you brought up that statistic because I had that one saved to bring up, but that's impressive.
1: That's the, that's ex-
0: elite company.
1: The most recent one behind him was on November 4th, 2018 by Cam Fowler. It's actually really funny how many of these underneath here were with Anaheim. Yeah. Um, then before that was December 21st, 2017 uh, Hampus Limholm. And then uh, the one before that was also Anaheim, March fourth, two thousand eleven, and that was Visnovsky who uh, who had that one. So they they have a whole more list on here, but I just thought it was really interesting that the three underneath were all Anaheim, and that's that's who it was against. So I maybe there's some poetic justice there.
0: I think I certainly think so. I certainly think that's the case. <laughs> full circle for full circle that comes. I have some more Jacob Chikrin stats. If you don't mind, Corey here to share with you. So Jacob Chicker now has 12 goals on the season, which is tied for tops in the national hockey league with Edmonton's Darnell nurse for goals by defensemen this season and you can pretty much name every single Norse trophy nominee and or slash winner over the last decade, and and Jacob Chikorin has them beat. Also has 25 points through 38 games this season, which he is now on track to surpass his career high. Corey, last year he had 26 points in 63 games. He had 12 goals last year in 63 games, and he is... Beaten that pace by what twenty five games, which is impressive. Like, just think about this for a second. If you take Jacob Tricker's pace this season and you and you span it out to a complete eighty two game season, he would be on pace for basically be on pace for about twenty five goals and fifty points, which is incredible. And we've seen some pretty great. Seasons offensively from defensemen as Coyotes fans over the last decade or so, right? We saw Oliver Wrecking Larson put up 23 goals not too long ago, right? <laughs> Back in, what, 2016 or something like that, right? To set it like a Coyotes franchise record. And Jacob Triggren's on pace to beat that over the course of a full 82-game season. But obviously they're only playing, what, 56 games this year, so... Like and Keith Yandel, too. Keith Yandel had some terrific seasons, obviously here in Arizona too. But Jacob Trickin, I feel like, is on pace to have maybe the best offensive season from a defenseman we've ever seen here in Arizona. It's 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 truly terrific. He's finally getting some national attention. I saw a lot of national writers from around the league and national national people tweeting the the overtime game-winning goal, and I saw Greg Wachowski of ESPN kind of give a compliment to um john chica of all people saying this is the best thing that john chica did while while part of the arizona coyotes his best legacy and i tend to agree with him there which
1: which that was an interesting thing that i thought was brought up too and the fact that you know he he suffered through a few different injuries and like and going all the way back to the uh, when he got drafted he had a pretty bad, I think it was shoulder injury, and he dropped in the draft, and that's how he was able to be drafted. So it, it's uh, it's interesting that all of that got brought up as well, but I would agree that that is probably one of the best things that uh, Chayka's done, and that's not something that we've been able to say much of since uh, he's left the team.
0: Yeah, and so thank you, John Chaika, for trading for J- for Jacob Chicker in that draft. Now, I'm going to test your knowledge a little bit here, and it's okay if you don't remember, because it was five fucking years ago in the 2016 draft. But do you remember who John Chika traded to get that draft pick? Negative. So, fun fact, he did not trade anybody from the roster. That was the trade where... They got that pick from the Detroit Red Wings to take Pavel Datsuk's contract. And that's.
1: Oh, that makes total sense.
0: Yeah. And that's how they ended up drafting Jacob Trigger at 16 overall.
1: Totally worth it. Completely
0: worth it. 100%. Like, I think you can make an argument that he is like the steal of the draft there. Like, I don't have the. The, all the 2016 draft ahead of me, but that was the Austin Matthews, um, Patrick Laine one two draft. That was that season. And Jacob Trigger went 16. And now he's one of the best young defensemen in the league, you know, and uh, he's penned out quite nicely.
1: Well, yeah. And it, I it was funny because earlier you were talking about the fact that this game was very classic Coyotes in the way that a lot of it went. It was also very classic Coyotes in the fact that you didn't have your no one could score offensively from your forwards so a d-man had to stand step up and basically take that role himself and um it was also very classic in the fact that um clayton keller was also given a penalty shot in that overtime and completely overhandled (laughs) the puck and was not able to score that goal. Everything was very classic Coyotes. And the only thing, because if it wasn't for Jacob Chikrin in this game, we would be having such a different conversation. We would be having much more of a conversation of where did this go wrong? What were the things that the team did incorrectly? And where did they give up valuable points when they are so tight in the playoff race right now so it's it's very classic coyotes with a nice twist of of jacob chikrin lime you know it's basically when you get a drink and you're like oh this drink's ass but you add some lime to it and you're like <laughs> now it's good
0: <laughs> that's such a great analogy that was absolutely perfect because you're 100 right Thank you. and i thought that um Tyson Nash and Matt McConnell brought up a good point in the third period of this game. And I don't know if you caught the same thing. I I tweeted about it, too, where they brought up the fact that even though the Coyotes outshot the Ducks tonight, you know, 30-something to 18, right? For the most part, those Coyote shots weren't high-danger chances, for the most part. Like, yeah, they were getting shots, but they were all coming from the outside. There weren't any—they weren't really testing John Gibson, for the most part— in this game. And so when you say that they wouldn't have won this game without Jacob Triggering, it's 100% true because they just were not generating enough great chances to really test the Anaheim defense and test John Gibson. I think the perfect example of that was the Ducks didn't take a single penalty during the game outside of the uh, hooking call on Clayton Keller in overtime there that's how you know I think the coyotes really didn't pressure the ducks enough all game long is that the ducks didn't take a penalty and and in the past we've seen the ducks take those type of penalties because they're not that great of a defensive team and they tend to be a team that is forced to take a lot of penalties because they don't have the puck a whole heck of a lot right and you know and the and I think Rick talked after the game even kind of gave, hinted at how well Anaheim played defensively tonight, and that's 100% the case. But luckily, Jacob Chikrin's shot came through in all three of those goals. And I don't know if you'll see three prettier goals all season long from the Coyotes. Like, we kind of joke that, that, you know, the Coyotes don't really have the highest scoring ability throughout the league, right? And so they have to kind of grind out their goals and, and, and score dirty goals. But Jacob Chikrin's three goals tonight were just beauties. They were just ridiculous high-level goals by Jacob Trickrin.
1: Which is honestly just, again, I would like to point out so funny that, um, that you know, it's coming from Jacob Trickrin, of all people. I mean, it, in the fact that we, we would expect it because of the fact of his, his talent and skill and what he showed this year, but there's plenty of people in this lineup that I would have expected to have stepped up before him and be able to give you – those nice, beautiful goals, but there's some people on this team and I'm looking straight at someone. See if you can, if you can guess who I'm, I'm thinking of here, who is someone who's very well known. in the NHL has been around the NHL for a long period of time, but every single time this season, he has been in a situation where he's actually scored and has gone through, he's gone through his droughts, but every time he scores, it is a grimy disgusting goal that he happened to be in the right place for was shoving it in or was just out of pure effort into it.
0: Oh my gosh. Uh, are you, are you, are you talking about Connor Garland?
1: No, I, I wouldn't. I, uh, this is, this is someone that you would expect to have much cleaner goals than he has. And there is an association with him and food.
0: Oh, Phil Kessel?
1: Yes. All of Phil Kessel's goals this season have just been gross goals. Like, I would have liked to have seen a lot more beautiful goals from him. So, if we're, we're talking about people that you would expect to really step up and make um, very classic, beautiful, clean goals, he's someone that I would have liked to have seen that out of this year and never fully pull those up i mean goals are goals you know we'll take them no matter how they're given to us especially uh with how low scoring this team is but um it really means something when your defenseman has to step up and be that person i mean i've always been someone that favors that in the sense that um you know i was always a big keith Yandle fan i always felt like his um his ability to score was much more important than, you know, his turnover rate. And so, um, and, and I think that's honestly simply a preference just as anything else is in, in a sport where you can favor different ways that the game is played. But, um, so I've always been that way, but I have never, never throughout the season, felt that way about OEL and I'll bring it back to that because of the fact that he is the captain of the team and is supposed to be that way defensively He's supposed to be you know a little bit like pretty solid defensively as well but he is supposed to be a pretty solid offensive defenseman and at this point Jacob Chikarin is just literally walking all over him
0: absolutely Jacob Chikarin right now reminds me of a lot of what OEL used to do so well OEL used to be fast he used to be a great skater He was one of the better skaters in the league and you saw it on both ends of the ice right and Oliver Ekman Larson's shot was ridiculous as well that's why he had the 20 plus goals that one season it's because he was shooting more and seemingly he just had a knack for finding where he needed to be to get those shots through and score and they seemingly were you know they were pretty goals much like Jacob Trickeren's goals tonight—they were—they were pretty to watch—and you're right, that's just evaporated for Oliver Mjolrson for whatever reason. And Jacob Trickeren is—he just had it, his birthday recently. He's—he is now what? 23 He's twenty-three. Twenty-three. Years old. Twenty-three for goodness sake! And like getting better after he's had two different knee surgeries in his career already.
1: Another interesting thing that I I saw out in the Twitterverse um, that Jose Romero had put out was that Jacob Trickren said he switched sticks from last year to this year and has taken some time for him to get used to his new stick. He said he doesn't find that he shoots the puck as well with his current stick, and yet hat trick with 12 goals on the season. Um, Speaking of of Phil Kessel, this kind of brings me back to Um, everything last year i still think a lot of it had to do more with with the injury that phil castle had but um one of the things that was rumbling about was the fact that he uh didn't have the stick that he was used to playing with and that was a big problem well jacob chikrin apparently has switched to a new stick as well and is excelling with it so do we still buy that excuse
0: I'm, uh, I'm glad you brought that up, Corey, because I want to play the full audio here of Jacob Trickern talking about the differences between last year and this year with his different sticks, because I, I thought that was actually a really interesting quote from him. So here's Jacob Trickern after the game talking about um, his new stick this year and the differences in his game.
2: I don't want to sound ridiculous, but I switched sticks this year and I actually, I don't find I shoot the puck as well with, with these compared to the ones from last year. Um, but the, you know, I, I'm, I'm working on it and, you know, trying to tweak a few things, but, um, I am trying to find, you know, lanes and, and getting pucks through. And, um, sometimes when you just simplify and get pucks through, you know, you, you get lucky and, um, things start to go going for you. I, I found I've had, you know, a lot of good looks the last few games and, um, they haven't been going in. So tonight was nice to just kind of get rewarded for um,
0: getting pucks through on that. So, um, yeah. Jacob, if you don't mind, I'd like to follow that stick question. Is it flex? Was it curve? Just branding the stick? uh, Same thing. Any specifics as far as that change goes?
2: Yeah, it was a completely different stick um, all around. Um, Just different company. Um, I just like the feel of it. And the shot wasn't as good, but um, I found I – had a little better feel of the puck so um, I've stuck with it and just kind of gave a little bit up on my shot to have a little more feel so i um, still trying to tweak things and find that kind of sweet spot but
0: that's wild that he said his shot isn't as good this year as it was last year
1: but yet he looks so incredibly comfortable with his shot and so incredibly comfortable on the ice which I think is honestly a testament to him and the fact that if he's really not comfortable with the stick that he's using, but from where, how we're looking at in the way that he's performing, he he's adjusting so incredibly well. It just really kind of shows a testament to him as a player and his own skill. Um, and, And you wonder in this, you know, where he has stepped up, whether it was, um, you know, it was funny in the broadcast, they were pointing out, um, I was laughing really hard at that point where I was almost in tears because, um, you know, uh, Jacob Chickren was standing out there in, in basically one of the tightest shirts in America. And, um, they, so they're talking about basically how, how his arms were and everything. You wonder if part of it is during this quarantine and everything else. Um, if he was able to really do extra training this off off season, if that's what it was, if he was able to get a little extra ice time, but something has happened to where he feels more comfortable, even with, um, you know, the uncomfortability of a new stick. So hats off to him. Cause if this is just the jumping off point for him, you know, at, at newly 23, that means there's so much for him coming forward in the rest of his career
0: he's legit getting better and better every year and it's it's wild and I have a feeling he's gonna get his name into the Norris conversation if not this year then coming down the line and I'm glad you brought up his development Corey because that's something else that Rick Tockett kind of talked about in the post game too and kind of some of the places where Jacob Trickren has gotten better on the ice talking about how he's gotten better instincts this year
3: I, well, Chick, I think he, he's done a really good job this year, especially of, of, of when to be that fourth wave. You know, um, early in his career, he'd probably be a little too – in there too quick. And I, if you watch, he's got that that knack of just finding that right hole to, to, to you know, when is the time to jump. And um, he hit the holes tonight. I mean, those are three major league shots. Um you know, he's double digit goals for us. I mean, you know, as a defenseman you know, in 30 some games. So he's having a hell of an year for us.
0: And then I followed that up with, I asked Rick Tockett, you know, should Jacob Chickering get his name into the Norris conversation? And Rick Tockett kind of mentioned how well his defense has rounded out this year.
3: Yeah. I mean, well, Chik's really, uh, you know, he's up there with the, uh, the big guys, right? Uh, you know, he's, like you said, you got double-digit goals as a defenseman right now. Um, you know, the thing with Chick, he's improved his, his defense, too. You know, it's one thing that he wanted to obviously improve from the bubble. Um, he's playing a lot of minutes for him. You know, you know when you, you're you talking about Norris guys, usually those guys are playing 24, 25 minutes. That's a lot. Of, that's heavy minutes. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't know if really want to start talking about it because I don't want him to get distracted. I just like when Chick's just playing his game. So just keep it quiet. We'll talk about it at the end of the year.
0: Yeah, so in there he he mentions at the end there that uh you know, hey yeah, we'll talk about it at the the end of end of the year, right? And again he mentions how well Jacob Chikrin's defensive game has rounded into form in terms of playing big minutes against the big lines. And J- so again, it's just we spent 30 minutes talking about Jacob Chikrin. We'll move on to something else here in just a minute. But do you have any final thoughts, Corey, about Jacob Chikrin's game as a whole this year? Do you buy into the Jacob Chikrin for Norris campaign? Hashtag Chick Norris.
1: I absolutely buy into the hype. And I think you kind of have to buy into the hype with anything with this team, with this, team this year. Because once again, they are doing, um for the usual Coyotes thing where they are, they are somehow fighting their way into a playoff position when you almost feel like the team doesn't deserve to be there. And it's just because they have players that are your Jacob Chickrins your Connor Garland's that, uh, you know, there's always players I feel like on this team that you don't expect to excel that come into these seasons and completely excel and are, are worth the hype. And he's worth the hype this season. That's for sure. It's just always hard when it comes to you know be playing on a team like Arizona who doesn't really get recognition too often and doesn't really get the like the same hype around them. It's also you know there's always the the East Coast bias with everything because not everyone really pays attention to uh, the West teams and now that we're in these situations where um, really the West is its own. Uh, what, what are we, what is this, the, the, who's, who's sponsoring it? Honda. Oh, is it? Well, that's, mm-hmm. I feel like that's conflict of interest. The Honda Center and the Honda, um, the, so the Honda West division, now that it's its own thing, um, I just feel like it's a, it's a great way for none of those teams to really get that noticed. I mean, um, you do have the Golden Knights and the Avalanche who are definitely in talks of being, you know, some of the best in the NHL right now. So they'll get recognition in that way. But um, I think it's always really hard from anyone who plays for the Coyotes to get the recognition that they deserve unless they are a player who previously had hype and was and brought that over like a, like a Taylor Hall. Um, but... I I just think it's always very difficult. And, um, you know, some people might come at me and say like, oh, well, you guys always uh, play the victim there and say that. But I just it is what it is and uh, whether you like it or not.
0: And speaking of that Honda West division, let's take a peek at the standings here after 38 Coyotes games. They are, of course, still In a playoff position right now, fourth in the West Division with 41 points, a 539 points percentage. They are three points ahead of the St. Louis Blues and San Jose Sharks, who have played one less game than the Coyotes. They've both played 37 games apiece. And that's why these two wins against Anaheim were so big, as it kind of gives you a little bit of cushion there. Coyotes now 6-3-1 over the last 10 games, really taking advantage of some of these bad teams that they've been playing over the last little while, as opposed to the St. Louis Blues, who are 2-7-1 over the course of their last 10 games. San Jose's coming on a little bit here. They're 6-3-1 over their last 10 games, have won four straight. They've kind of shocked me with how well they've been playing over the last week or so, and they've kind of gotten themselves back into the conversation along with the Los Angeles Kings, who are seven points back of the Coyotes right now. And who and two games in hand, and that's who the Coyotes are going to play next. Coming up, they have a uh, two-game set, uh, or yeah, against LA. Coming up on Monday, coming up tonight if you're listening to us on Monday, and then of course coming up on Wednesday, the LA Kings. Two big matchups there. We know how those matchups have kind of been back and forth this season, and so somehow, some way, the Coyotes have gotten themselves back into this con- back into the conversation there, which is wild. And I wanted to mention one other thing about this too, Corey, which is you take a look at the strength of schedule left remaining, which has been updated now, I'd say, and after tonight's game against Anaheim. And this is something interesting to look out for here. When you take a look at the strength of schedule remaining for some of the other teams inside the West Division – and the teams at the Coyotes are are going to be their biggest competition for that fourth spot in St. Louis, in San Jose, in L.A. St. Louis Blues have the toughest schedule remaining in the entire National Hockey League. They have four games remaining against the Colorado Avalanche, coming up very shortly. The San Jose Sharks have four games against the Colorado Avalanche, two games against the Vegas Golden Knights. They have the fourth toughest schedule down the stretch whereas the Coyotes they come in at seventh in terms of strength strength of schedule they have one game remaining against Colorado four against Vegas and so you look at the West and because some of the best teams in the National Hockey League in Vegas and Colorado are there it's immediately going to become a tougher schedule but the Coyotes are facing a, a lesser schedule than St. Louis and San Jose with all those games against Colorado so the Coyotes are in a good position there, if, if again, chasing a playoff spot, um, because you'd imagine that St. Louis is going to have a lot of points left to give up if they're facing a lot of those top-tier opponents.
1: Yeah, and, and it looks good for the Coyotes if they perform, and that's that's what's going to come down to. It will be theirs, honestly, how I feel, it will be theirs to lose from here on out, because the way that their strength of schedule is – and who they're playing throughout the rest of it, they can absolutely keep the spot, in my opinion. And so it is, at this point, theirs to lose.
0: Yeah, and so now the question becomes, you know, something that I mentioned last week on the show. If I'm the Coyotes, I'm still trying to sell at the deadline. And I made my case for the reasons why back on last Monday's show um, when Corey was unable to join us. So I don't want to rehash everything I said on that show. But if you want to go back and listen. I believe it was episode 32 that I did. And I kind of made my case for the reasons why the Kyros need to stick to the plan. And look towards the future instead of just this season. So you can go listen to that if you get a second. The trade deadline is coming up very, very soon. Uh, in fact, it is coming up here on later this month. on uh, On April 12th. So, in basically a week, a week from today, if you're listening to us on Monday, April 12th is when the NHL trade deadline trade deadline is.
1: And so, actually, this this poses a, a very interesting question. I know we've we've talked about it before, and I would kind of just like to ask you again now that you've seen some more performance out of uh, Aiden Hill. He uh, had 18 saves and 20 shots tonight. He's 3-0 and one versus the Ducks this season. Would you say that we will be seeing no more of Auntie Ranta after the season?
0: Yes, he's gone. I mean, I've I pretty much I'm, we've pretty much known that all season long. The question is now: is has he played his last game of Coyote as a Coyote? And from everything I've read, and I'm sure from everything you've read too, it seemingly is the case, because his injury seems to be as bad as bad as he's had, really, as a Coyote, and, and then he's going to be out maybe for the rest of the season.
1: And and, and it's, it's very unfortunate that he is that way injury-wise because of the fact that he is a good goaltender, and I feel like his career will be shrouded with the cloud of all of his injuries.
0: Yeah, 100%. I'm curious, you know – has he played his last game in the NHL, too? You have to keep that in mind. As somebody who seemingly his body is just continually breaking down over the last year or so, has he played his last NHL game? Does he still have value to some teams? Does he want to play? Those are the big questions coming forward for Auntie but But um, I will say this, he will be missed. I I love Ronti He's a good goaltender. He's a good dude. Always great in the locker room. Always a great quote um, if he has indeed played his last game with the Arizona Coyotes and slash or the NHL too. So, all right, Corey, let's, Um, we spent 35 minutes talking about the Coyotes on the top. Usually we talk about random crap for 25 minutes before well, we get into the Coyotes. Before, but, we,
1: before we go off too, I yeah. should probably give like a small shout out to Nick Schmaltz for his five game point streak, two goals and four assists. And, uh, you know, I, I know I sometimes say he's a little bit streaky, streaky, but he's kind of on up streak right now. So you got to, Give him props while props are due.
0: Yeah, and you know, Rick Toggett's kind of mentioned how his defensive game has lapsed a little bit there over the last little while and, and and I believe it was tonight where he was he was asked about Schmaltzy and he was basically like, Yeah, I've had a discussion with him and uh and you know since then he's started to play better. So yeah, actually good good job mentioning Nick Schmaltz. Again, another player who's very important on this team. He is, by the way, Nick Schmaltz, twenty four points in thirty eight games. He is fifth on the team in points. Clayton Keller leads with 29, Phil Castle 28, Connor Garland's got 28, Jacob Trickern 25, Nick Schmaltz 24. So, all right, we uh, we put out a sporty question tonight on Sunday night asking about Easter. Didn't get a whole lot of, a lot of response because it was during the middle of the in Coyotes game and Jacob Trickern's hat trick. But we can still talk about it, and I will ask you, I we want to know what your favorite easter candy is and i had to i had to kind of think about what mine would be and i don't really know what necessarily dictates easter candy i and if it differentiates between like halloween candy but my first choice would be like the egg shaped reeses peanut butter
1: cups I was going towards regular peanut butter cups because I, I used to get like a whole bunch of just like candy in like a basket and, and they would put Reese's cups in there. So, yeah, I don't know how you say exactly what are Easter candies. But, yeah, I guess technically since that's egg shaped. And then, I mean, there's always the the bunnies too, the chocolate bunnies.
0: Well, I, I, those ears. Uh, I love me some chocolate, but I've never been a, a big chocolate bunny person.
1: Mm, I love chocolate. I think
0: it's because I just over the last, I don't know, decade or so. Like when I used to, I used to have braces back in the day. And ever since I got my braces off, I just don't eat as much candy as I used to. I feel like that's part of it. Like I just don't, I really don't. I I don't eat a lot of candy. So I, so I'm a curmudgeon when it comes to that.
1: Yet you are going to be making me very soon a alcoholic and um, shake, I guess it would be considered, that is, like, doused in Oreos.
0: Yeah, I love Oreos, don't get me wrong, but I wouldn't necessarily consider Oreos, like, candy. They're like cookies.
1: Yeah, they're they're cookies, but they're like dessert cookies. Like, they're like, you know, and, and I know there's a they're all cookies are technically like dessert cookies but like these ones have like actual filling in the middle and stuff like that i feel like they're a little bit fancier than your average cookie
0: which i i don't think we talked did we talk about this on the last episode i don't think we did maybe we did i don't really remember but i have i have put together the vanilla vodka the vodka is currently infusing with the vanilla beans. It's sitting on top of my refrigerator. I think it's going well. I hope I did it right. But we'll find out in about another, I don't know, I guess week to ten days or so when, uh, when it's ready to go. When it's our time for our next movie night. And Corey and I are excited to make a shopping trip to Target to try and gather all the things we're going to need. Like Oreos and um, icing and chocolate chips. <laughs> I feel
1: feel like we should maybe like test the vanilla vodka first to make sure it's not off just so we don't taste it in the actual drink. And then like once you put it in, you can't take it back out.
0: That's true. Yeah. So what you're saying is both of us need to take a shot of the vanilla vodka before we taste anything.
1: Basically. I was just saying it a lot more like mysteriously than that. I was I was being around the bush, but yes, it's basically where I was trying to get with that.
0: Uh, I'm one hundred percent cool with that. Now I actually stole something from my parents' house um on on Saturday night to uh, help with this. I have the um I, I took from I took a a um a cocktail shaker and a cocktail strainer from them so that so yeah so that way it can assist in in case there's like bits of vanilla bean in the vodka like it'll i can we can strain that out
1: who knows if if we're even going to be able to tell once once this whole thing gets mixed together you guys have a blender right
0: yes we do
1: just want to check and, and, and you guys listening may be thinking, like, who doesn't have a blender? I would not have been surprised if they didn't have a blender. I'm going to be honest with you.
0: You know what's funny? We did not have a blender until about six months ago or so.
1: Exactly.
0: Because <laughs> we never use it. The only time we use it now, honestly, is if I'm making, like, protein shakes after I work out. That's the only time it gets used. Because I'm pretty sure Kat never uses it.
1: See, I use mine all the time when it comes to, like, summertime and I'm drinking smoothies. I make smoothies a lot. I love smoothies.
0: Delicious. Delicious choice. Absolutely. So, that's, um, yeah, I'm excited for that. It's it's going to be delicious coming up very soon. Now, we also have to decide on a movie that we're going to watch. We should probably decide it in a dance because last time we... we it
1: was a mess.
0: Yeah, last time we couldn't figure out what movie to watch. Um, I feel like a lot of people can relate to that on a nightly basis when they're trying to find a movie and they're just scrolling through everything like fuck we can't figure out what to watch and so you just spend an hour doing that which is basically what we did and we couldn't figure out a movie to watch so we ended up watching Blue Mountain State so I feel like we should pick a movie ahead of time
1: I absolutely agree Cause I, it's funny I feel like towards the end my patience is so waned that I like don't even want to watch anything at that point because i like <laughs> I feel like I just watched the movie that is us scrolling through all the movies.
0: Yes, but the, the pull point in movie nine is the friends we make along the way.
1: Which is the friends we already had. But that's okay. <laughs> it's a bonding experience.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't even know if there's any like good movies that are out on Netflix or anything recently to watch. I still got to watch um, Godzilla and Kong.
1: It was good. It was good. Um, it, was, it was what you would expect it to be, honestly. If you watch the other ones, it's literally the Godzilla side of things where you have like Millie Bobby Brown um, from Stranger Things. She's doing her like pro-Godzilla side. And then you have a pro Kong side, and then they like meet in the middle type of a thing. Um, but yeah, it was it was really good. The Godzilla, the pro Godzilla side was kind of lacking in storyline a little bit. But I mean, it was it's essentially a movie to just have really cool effects where you have Kong and Godzilla fighting each other, and they did like three rounds. Of, like, fighting. So, you got a decent amount in there. So, yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it.
0: I'm excited to watch it. Did you go to the theaters to watch it, or did you watch it on HBO Max? Uh,
1: Yes. So, the only reason why I didn't ask you to come was because when I was notified, uh, it was in Cine Capri, and the tickets were already bought. So, I was going whether I liked it or not. (laughs) So um yeah we watched it in the cine capri it was it was pretty cool it was nice that it was nice and big and you know the 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 surround sound and the seats and everything and and all that so okay so yeah i
0: was i was very curious because um you actually paid to go see it so i think your when you pay to go see a movie your expectations are different than watching it at home for free which is what i'm gonna do i'm gonna sit on my couch and and watch it uh, on my TV at home, and is and I can't wait to do that. Did that with Justice League, Zack Snyder Justice League two, and it was great. Now
1: I still haven't gotten to it yet. I I'm trying to mentally put four hours of my day into watching it. and I just haven't gotten. There you
0: know yet. what I would do if I were you, if if that's if that's your problem with it, and that's perfectly fine because it's I didn't even watch it in one sitting. I watched it in two. Is I would. It's split up into six parts and I think six? it's six different yeah, six parts. And Holy shit. So you can watch it basically by chapter basically. So if you can watch it like a TV show almost. So you can watch it a chapter at a time over a couple of days and it still works as a movie that way in my opinion cuz that's why I watched it. I watched the first two chapters which was basically about the first hour of the movie at first um, and then I went to go get my first COVID shot and then I came back and I watched the rest of the movie, all three, the last three hours in one sitting. And it didn't affect how, what I thought of the movie. I, I thought it was, I loved it. And, um, and so, uh, yeah, if, if you were still want to watch it, that's, that, that would be my advice is to just watch it over a couple days, like split it in half and then you'll be good.
1: Hmm. I'll have to. I'll have to figure that out. I'll have to try that out. Now, See, I, yeah. I watch it.
0: Now, the big question is for you: Are you gonna watch the Zack Snyder's Justice League, Justice's Gray Edition, or are you gonna watch the Zack Snyder's Justice League color version? Because there, there's two versions of it that exist now.
1: I would watch it in color. If I'm going to watch a movie in gray, I'm going to watch Sin City.
0: Yes. That's a good point. Yeah.
1: Which is, which is again, one of those, one of those movies that I feel like you have to be a certain person to enjoy. I love, I love, I
0: love Sin, Sin City. Theory. Yeah. Especially Jessica
1: Alba. And and it's funny because the second one got, not the greatest reviews, but I loved the second one. The second one's actually my favorite. Interesting,
0: so. interesting. I don't think I bothered watching the second one, but I I really enjoyed the first one.
1: But I also didn't see... I, I saw them backwards. I saw the second one and then the first one. So, sometimes I think that... Which,
0: if I'm not mistaken, the second one is actually a prequel to the first one. I think.
1: Yeah no the second is one she? is after because in the second one jessica alba is going after the father of the creepy orange guy from the first one ah. because um sorry if i spoiled this for people uh because um john mcclain why can't i think of his actual name bruce willis um, he, um, he's dead in the second one. He's not in the second one. So she comes to, like, avenge him in the second one.
0: Okay, that makes sense. So I completely fucked that up. My bad. Oops. <laughs>
1: no, no, no. But it, uh, it was very interesting because the way that I did it is I watched it that way. And then I essentially treated the first one as, like, a prequel. Mm-hmm. And I actually kind of liked doing it that way. I thought it was kind of it was very interesting that way because you know there's multiple storylines going on in in Sin City, so it's it's not the easiest to follow. So if you do it that way, it's not like you're um it's all ruined like you know everything. There's plenty of things that like you still learn because there's so much that is fit into a Sin City movie, but yeah. If I was gonna watch something black and white, that's what I would watch in black and white.
0: Interesting. Yeah, and the reason why there is a black and white version of the movie is cause which according to Zack Snyder, the Justice's Gray version of the film is his preferred version of the movie. Um because that's he when he was editing the movie, he edited edited it in black and white. So and it actually looks really cool. I I only watched the first hour or so of the Justice's Gray version, and I was like, I want to watch it because it's I want to see what it looks like and see if it's if it looks cool, and it did. I think I think it looks really cool in, in black and white. However, I think you should probably watch the color version first before the black and white one. But that's that's um, that's just me. But yeah. Anyway, I'm excited to watch Godzilla vs. Kong coming up this week. I think, and uh, and yeah. Yeah. Any any last words before we say good night?
1: Um, uh, off off the pod. I'm gonna have to ask you about what you what you think of the new trailer for the new Suicide Squad going on to the same type of theme.
0: Oh, yes. That
1: was that was what I saw before, um, in the previews before Kong. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'll I'll have to get your get your take on that maybe maybe we can if the wordy nation really wants us to talk about it, maybe we can talk about in next episode of what your take is on that they should let us know what if they think that this new suicide squad is going to be better or if they actually liked the first suicide squad if they hated the first suicide squad most people i know did not like the first suicide squad Um, I don't like to give my opinion on the first Suicide Squad because I feel like a lot of people don't agree with me. So,
0: Okay, I will leave that for next episode. I'll talk to you off the pod about it. Um, Congratulations, Jacob Chickren, Hashtag Chick Norris on Twitter on your hat chick against the Anaheim Ducks. Follow us on Twitter at Corey underscore Richie Show. Follow us on Instagram at Corey Richie Show. Follow the network at Hockey Pod Net. Follow Corey at just, Corey Nicole Twoes. Damn it, Corey, you're fucking up my intro. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I
1: know, I know, I know. It's the end. It's the end. It's the end. But I just literally, I just came up with an idea. We, you like them? I don't like them. But, be, but think about it, chick, chickrin, right? What, what are the chicks from Easter? peeps yes we got to do a peep challenge now in honor of of jacob chikrin
0: like put as many in your mouth as you can
1: yes oh
0: i've already done that it's not fun but we can certainly Um, try i'm down to do it
1: maybe maybe you'll be doing this then maybe i shouldn't have interrupted you continue with your extra
0: Follow Corey on Twitter at Corey Nicole with two E's. Follow me at rflores91. And we will talk to you again on Thursday, Sporty Nation. Until then, good night and good hockey, everybody.